Welcome to the Arvado Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimize your health and realize your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go. In today's podcast, I had the pleasure of talking with Dr. Amy Killen. She's an anti-aging and regenerative physician specializing in sexual optimization, aesthetics and longevity medicine. Board certified in emergency medicine with 10 years of ER experience, Dr. Killen saw the impact of unchecked chronic disease and disability from the front lines before transitioning to anti-aging and regenerative medicine. An international speaker, clinical practice owner, medical director of a national regenerative medicine physician training course, author, and frequent media guest, Dr. Killen has become an outspoken advocate for empowering patients to look and feel their best by merging lifestyle modification, hormonal optimization, personalized medicine, and regenerative therapies. So in today's podcast, we chat about sexual optimization, hair loss, bioidentical hormones, PRP, exosomes, and stem cells. We talk about the P and the O shot, and we talk about advanced skincare health optimization products and treatments. We talk on we talk Botox and peptides, plus lots, lots more. So we hope you enjoy learning all about sexual optimization and skin and body optimization with Dr. Amy. Hi, Dr. Amy Killen. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me this afternoon for you, or nighttime for you, morning for me. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking and I want to touch um, a bit vast of information that we're going to cover, but I want to start with um, a little bit more information about you and then we'll jump into sexual uh, optimization and we'll jump into a lot of the other treatments that you do and obviously your, your amazing knowledge on all of that. Um, but give me a little bit of a, a rundown of, of, of you and how you got here and to this point. Okay, sure. So I'm a medical doctor. I um, initially was an emergency physician. So I actually did emergency medicine for about 10 years. And then towards the end of that, I, I just, you know, I started seeing all these patients coming in with chronic medical problems that I really wasn't able to do much about. And I was also having a lot of sort of stress and, and uh, such in my own life. I had young kids and was working full time and, and all those things. So essentially, I got to the point where I realized that I needed to make some changes in my life and, and educate myself a little bit more about, about integrative medicine and lifestyle medicine and that sort of thing so I could help myself and my patients. So I ended up transitioning into integrative medicine. And now I focus primarily um, on using integrative and regenerative medicine, which is like stem cell medicine, to treat skin and um, hair and sexual uh, problems. So that's kind of my niche now is using sort of newer therapies and therapeutics for skin and sex is what I say. Yeah, amazing. Wow. And I, I saw you at the Health um, Optimization Summit in London and you were talking about your P and your O shots. So we'll get to that and I'd love to hear more about those yeah. uh, as well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so let's jump straight in and let's talk sexual optimization. What, what is that and, and what do you do surrounding that? What, what's, what's your focus? So sexual optimization basically just means trying to help you, whether you're, um, you're young and healthy or you're a little bit older and less healthy, but trying to 
help you with sexual function and getting everything kind of working as it should. So it's, it's about optimizing, you know, sexual function. Um, I think that a lot of people don't talk about sexual health. You know, you you talk about it in what, like sixth grade or something like my <laughs> kids are learning about it right now. Um, but then after that, you're, everyone's just like, all right, go forth. Good luck with that. Yeah. And, and people don't really talk about it again. So, you know, I talk a lot about that um, and how important it is to actually keep these organ systems functioning. Um, there's obviously a lot that you could do as far as prevention of disease, disease using, you know, uh, your diet and your lifestyle and your exercise and things like that. And then I also have some different therapeutics that we could do in the office, everything from, you know, shockwave therapy and lasers to stem cell therapy um, and other things to try to almost sort of turn the clock back a little bit in some of those tissues to get things working a little bit better. So it's, it's a lot of different things. Mm. And I treat both men and women um, to try to get them functioning as well as they would like to. <laughs> so what's, what sort of the other key um, issues I, I would say that you would see with um, women and men that then you're, you're treating? So they're coming to you. What, what are they mainly coming to you with? Is it very vast or is there a few key things? There's a, there's a few key things. Um, you know, it's for men, it's, it's mostly erectile dysfunction of some sort. Yeah. Um, so difficulty getting erections or keeping erections. Um, although I also see a lot of men who are, are really healthy and don't have any problems and they're just trying to prevent getting to the point where they're having that problem. But so ED is a big one for men. Mm -hmm. um, and then for women, you know, it's, it's anything from uh, low libido. So lack of interest in sex to arousal problems to, um, even pain or orgasmic problems, it, it really any of those sort of four components of sexual dysfunction um, I treat within women. And we, you know, we start with, with whether it's a man or a woman, we start with a good history. And then uh, a lot of patients, you know, I will delve into things like hormones, like, you know, what do your hormones look like? Mm. Is your testosterone low? Is your estrogen progesterone out of balance? You know, even thyroid, things like that can certainly affect it. Um, and then we just kind of go down the course of, you know, what's going on uh, medically before, before talking about procedures, although that's something that I also do as well. Mm. All right. And, and in terms of, so the hormones, obviously you, you, you get sorted um, and then the procedures. So is there, a, do you use a lot of the stem cells? Um, and I know I've seen uh, you talk about the exosomes as well. So maybe we can get a difference between those two and, and how they can help. Yeah, so I use all different things. It depends on the patient and kind of what they want to do. It depends on their age, their health, you know, all of those kinds of things. But um, sort of the base treatments that I do as far as the injections go um, are I use, you know, PRP is the easy one. That a lot of people are using platelet-rich plasma, mm. which is just, you know, we just get some blood from you. We centrifuge to get the platelets isolated and then can in inject those platelets either into the, the man, into the penis, into the corpus cavernosum, or into the female, into the vagina and clitoris. Those are kind of the, O shot and the P shot. Um, and that's just PRP. That I think is, at least in the US, is, is done by a lot of different people. That's fairly, it's fairly common at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, and for a lot of patients, will go extra steps to give them even more sort of regenerative power. So um, I will use the patient's own stem cells in some cases. So we'll actually get stem cells from the patient's bone marrow or from like doing a little mini liposuction. And that's usually done while they're sedated. It's, it's, it's a little more comfortable that way. It's super fast, easy procedure, but usually we have them kind of sleepy a little bit. But we can use your own stem cells, especially if you're pretty young and if you're healthy. Um, and then if you're a little older or if you just want to add sort 
sort of uh, turbocharger stem cells, we also use exosomes. And exosomes are, uh, they're kind of like the action arm of a stem cell. So basically they're, they're these little tiny bubbles of information that get released by stem cells and they kind of float around and they get taken up by other cells and then it changes those other cells' behavior. So it's basically the way that stem cells communicate with other cells. Um, and we're able to use exosomes. We actually use uh, exosomes from umbilical cord stem cells. So they're very young, they're very new, they have a lot of, they're very active exosomes and we use those uh, in combination sometimes with stem cells or PRP to try to give sort of an extra boost to that procedure to make it even more effective. Yeah, that's fascinating. So what do the results look like in your eyes, like for, for the client? Um, you know, how long does it take to take action and what sort of things are they looking for when they, when they have these treatments? You know, it usually takes at least uh, a few weeks, sometimes more like two or three months. It depends on the person, but the actual regenerative part, what we're looking to do is increase blood vessel formation and blood flow, you know, potentially increase like or change nerve and nerve regeneration, um, even repair some of the damaged cells and the tissues. So that, that takes a little bit of time. Um, and as far as what, you know, what, what to expect, it really depends on the person. Obviously, I think that with, with men, for instance, I tell men, my goal with this is to kind of bump you up a level. You you know, if you've had severe erectile dysfunction for 10 years and nothing works for you, then maybe we can get you to the point where Viagra works now and you're mm -hmm. able to, you know, you're able to have sex and you have to use Viagra, but it, but it does work. Like that to me would be a success. Um, if you're someone who, uh, who is able to use Viagra already and it, it already works, but you really kind of want to either get to on a lower dose or or wean off of it, then, um, then that would be a success is trying to get you, you know, to that lower dose or off of the medications. Um, so, and the same thing for women, you know, it depends on what's coming, what their, what their problem is coming in, but it's just to improve that problem, whether it's loss of sensitivity, whether it's, you know, difficulties with orgasm, whether it's even like stress urinary incontinence where, mm. you know, when you kind of jump or sneeze or cough and you have a little bit of urine leakage, which is super <laughs> common in like all of us, yeah. um, we can help that these procedures can often help with that as well. So, oftentimes it depends on what the issue is, but um, we can see improvements in whatever that issue is in a lot of cases. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's natural improvement of the functionality of these organs. Um, exactly. And you're aiding that with these increased you know, stem cells or exosomes. So it actually um, can help the cause pretty much. It's not just, and then you're aiding yeah. a lot of this stuff with the medications if you need or the nutraceuticals if you need. Yeah. Exactly. You're really trying to repair that tissue. Like you're trying mm. to get the person's body to repair that tissue. So you're, you're, you know, you're putting these things in there that are growth factors and cytokines and, and RNA and all of these different things to communicate with the person's cells that are already there to tell those cells, Hey, like, let's, let's do something like, let's get some more blood going. Let's get some more collagen built up. Um, because you know, as we get older, our stem cells all over our body, we, they lose functionality. They just aren't as active, uh, which is why, you know, as a 40 something year old, if I cut my arm, it takes, you know, three times longer to heal than it does my 10 year old son. And that's just, you know, that's stem cells. Like that's, I just need more stem cells. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, among other things, but that's a big part of it that we lose that functionality as we get older. And so we're trying to kind of bring that back to specific areas of the body that, that might need them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. I tell my kids, oh, sorry guys, I can't jump on the trampoline too much just in case mommy weighs herself. <laughs> I know it's so. I know I was doing. I was jumping rope this morning, and I was working on my double unders, which I'm horrible at. And I did like a few of them, and I was like, these should be called like dribble unders. I feel like they're not. <laughs> I feel like 
they're they're named the wrong thing. <laughs> we we um we have a girl here. Well, we have a, a lady who, here who does a lot of the yoni eggs and all that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I I tried a few yoni eggs over the years, and I would pop them in, and then I would forget. And I'm on the trampoline with the kids playing because I've got a young oh. young one who's four years old and an older one who's eight, and I'm jumping, jump, jumping. I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Out it comes. I'm like, well, at least it's good for my muscle strength. <laughs> That's awesome. Your kids are like, Mom, what's going on? You're laying <laughs> it. Yeah, my little one's like, oh, you're the Easter bunny, Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, oh that's a good dear. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think women are all dealing with that sort of thing. Um, and, and as well as, as, as orgasms, I think, there's a whole range of different things I think people are dealing with. It's obviously the emotionality, it's the relationships, it's the, the comfortableness with their own body, but sometimes there is an actual functional issue. So that's why I love what you do. Um, and it can definitely help along, you know, those, note, those next steps and that, that um, projection into something different of, of exploration anyway. Yeah, it's really cool. And, you know, and I, I try to kind of combine different therapies. So, you know, I do the, the stem cells and the exosomes. Those are all still considered very investigational. They're not available everywhere. They're not covered by insurance. It's, you know, these are kind of things that um, a lot of people will fly in uh, from other countries even to see us because, you know, U.S. has different rules in, in Australia or, or the Absolutely. U.K. or whatever. Um, so that's one thing that I do. But, but then I also, for women, for instance, we use, I'll use vaginal lasers or vaginal radiofrequency, which is available more widespread and can, can also help with some of the same types of things like the lubrication and the, and the stress urinary incontinence and, and you know, increasing sensitivity and things like that. Um, and then, of course, like we said before, the hormones and the lifestyle changes and, and all of that's important. And then a lot of women and men, um, you know, a lot of their problems are not are not necessarily problems with their actual genitalia, like it's a problem with their relationship or with their, you know, the environment or like something else that's going on with them, um, mental, emotional stuff. And then, you know, I refer them out to see someone who is a, an expert at those kinds of things, but that's obviously going to also affect um, your sex life. So it's, it's, it's so complicated, <laughs> it is. but it's also so important. And I think it's, you know, it's worth talking about, even though it's kind of a hard thing to talk about for some people. Yeah, well, it can be it can be a, such a huge break in the ice, and in a, can actually feel a bit of sense of freedom from from doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In Australia, we definitely don't have access to the stem cells as yet. We do have the prolotherapy here for joint recovery and things like that, but um, yeah, even peptides, we we can't really access that easily here either, unfortunately. So we're ho yeah. hopefully looking forward to that in the near future. <laughs> It'll come, I'm sure. Yeah, it will come, it will come, definitely. All right, so in, t in terms of, um, I wanted to chat a little bit more about hair loss. Um, and, you know, this could all come out of confidence for sexual optimization, I guess, as well. Um, but it's a huge thing for a lot of men and even women as well. So what, what sort of treatments or what sort of things do you look at in terms of men and women for that? Yeah, hair loss is, is very common in, in mm. both men and women. Mm. Um, in men, it's almost always androgenic alopecia, which is the male pattern baldness. Um, that's, you know, 90 something percent of male hair loss is androgenic alopecia, which is due to a sensitivity at the hair follicle to a hormone called DHT. Um, DHT is made from testosterone. Testosterone gets converted into DHT um, mm -hmm. by a special enzyme. And that's important because a lot of the uh, most effective hair loss strategies will target that enzyme. Um, but so that's the male pattern baldness. You know, other things can affect men as well, but, the, but the, really that hormonal issue is the most common thing. 
uh, for women, it's it's much more complicated. I find that in general, women are more complicated <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in know. a good way, of course. But yeah. more um, so in women, it, you know, it can be anything from stress, which can cause hair loss, you know, thyroid problems, um, or other hormonal sort of ups and downs, just having a baby, things like that. Um, nutrient problems, you're not getting enough protein, if you're not getting enough iron. Um, you know, I have a lot of uh, patients who are vegan, vegetarian, who are just not getting enough um, of iron and protein. And that can certainly cause hair loss. You actually want your, your ferritin levels, which are your stored iron levels to be pretty high, 70 or 80, uh, which a lot of doctors don't even check. They don't even know what those levels are. If you can get those levels up, that can make a huge difference. Um, you know, hair products can cause hair loss. Even wearing your hair in a ponytail every day, which I do, can also cause, you know, can cause hair loss up here. And then there's a lot of autoimmune disorders that can also cause hair loss in, in both sexes, but especially in women. So in women, it, it requires a little bit more of a history and labs and things like that in general. And the treatments are obviously a, a little bit different for that reason. Um, you know, in men, there's always the standard things like minoxidil, which is Rogaine in the US. I don't know if it's the same same thing there. Um, which is a topical and it definitely can be effective, but is a daily, you know, you've got to put it on every single day uh, kind of thing. There are some botanicals that can be helpful as well, but, but again, it's kind of a every day you got to do it. And then we do some other things for hair. Like for instance, we do the stem cells and exosomes and PRP for both men and women, which is the same idea as it is with the sexual stuff. You're basically trying to get your, the, the patient's own stem cells to start working again. Uh, in this case, in this time, you know, triggering those um, those follicular stem cells and the hair follicle. Um, and then I'm also a big fan of red light therapy for hair loss for both men and women. And that's something that's super easy. You can do it at home. It's relatively inexpensive depending on what kind of device you get. But that's something that can be really effective as well for both men and women. Um, and then even like, you know, uh, nutraceuticals or supplements or set and such can help with stress and help with getting you all the vitamins that you need can also be helpful. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's a, such a tricky one because a lot of, um, you know, here they don't even, you know, the implants, I'm not sure what you think about though, but the, the implants, but if you actually um, have those and then there's still a, a functional issue or an issue underneath in the body's own production of, you know, the, the blood vessels into that area or even that hormone aspect, it's, mm -hmm. it's still going to continue. There's not going to be a resolve, -ish, um, you know, from that. So success-wise, um, how have you guys found the stem cells and um, that sort of treatment versus, um, you know, purely only the, the Rogaine and other things? Um, they can work great, but it depends on the patient. You want to, mm. you don't want to have someone in general who is, if you're totally bald in a section of hair, it's been, the hair has been gone for a long time, then something like a hair transplant is really going to be your best bet if you really mm. want hair, um, which is, you know, which is what you're talking about, the follicular unit um, transfer. Mm. Um, if you have, if you have some hair follicles, they're just thinner than usual or thinner than you'd like, then that's a good candidate for the stem cell procedures. It's, you know, it's, it, this is, it's, everyone's different. I would say mm. probably about 80%, maybe even more of patients have improvement uh, in hair density and, and even the, the density of each actual hair follicle gets better in about, in most of the patients, but there are always some patients with any stem cell procedures, I don't know why, that just don't respond as well. And I don't know if that has to do with, you know, their own, um, their own bodies are just not up for it, or if it's something that I'm doing, or if it's something that, you know, I have no idea, but there's always a small group that just don't respond as well as everybody else. But, but it can be a great treatment and it's non-invasive and it's, um, you know, it's easy, it's simple, it's very safe. And all of these things make it very, you know, a good thing to think about if you don't, if you don't have a lot of hair and you want to grow more. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, what about um, yeah, hyperbaric oxygen um, therapy? So um, you know, I'm a, a colleague of Dr. Scott Shares as well, um, or in the, the, the Home Hope um, sort of uh, with Dr. Ted as well. And we do a little bit of health op optimization here in Australia in relation to what they do there. But Dr. Yeah. Scott always talks about the stem cells um, released from the hyperbaric. So is that useful in a, in a sense before having treatment or even while you're having treatment? Yeah, it definitely can be. And we actually, we haven't, we we're actually buying a hyperbaric chamber for our office because we wanted to pair those up. Just like you said, I mean, we know that hyperbaric oxygen, you know, increases uh, stem cell proliferation. And so mm. you're increasing stem cells in the body. And uh, that's thought to be at least partially mediated by increasing nitric oxide, which is also good for us uh, and also really good for our stem cells. So I think it would be, a, it's a great modality to have to be able to pair those things together, either do the hyperbaric before, you know, in the weeks before, or even the same day, or even after. I mean, basically, anytime you can kind of promote that healing response, I think is excellent. So I'm a big fan of hyperbaric oxygen, again, red light therapy, especially mm -hmm. if you have a full body kind of lights and things that, that can really help with the healing afterwards. Um, from like some of my skin procedures and things like that. I think that's another thing you can do that's great. Um, but yeah, I'm a fan. I, I wish I had a chamber right now. <laughs> I'm getting it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> um, I think that's a good segue into then skin treatments and we can then chat into what you do. Like give me a bit of a um, an overview of everything that you're doing in terms of cutting edge and the things that you love and what we really um, you couldn't live without in terms of skin health, skin optimization. Oh, that's great. Mm. Yeah. So for skin, I use a lot of the same tools that I use for, for hair and sexual, mm -hmm. sexual function, which is, which is great, which is kind of why I got into this. I realized that there's actually one toolbox that I can use for several things. Everything, yeah. Um, but I do that, you know, I use the stem, on patients, I use the stem cells, I use the exosomes, I use PRP doing injections as well as microneedling. Mm -hmm. to be able to get those, uh, those, those biologics into the outer layers of skin. Um, I also have uh, lasers and then do some different types of lasers in my office as well to help with, you know, everything from sun damage to uh, just tightening and, and such. There's, there's, there's a gazillion lasers out there. I only have a couple of them. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, so many treatments. So there's many so treatments. Many <laughs> but you can definitely find a, if whatever you have, you can probably find a laser for it. That's what I will say. Um, <laughs> a lot of lasers out there, and I'm, I'm a fan of those as well. And, um, and, and that's, so those are the main things in my office that I do is the stem cells and some and laser treatments. Um, as far as things I love, well, first of all, I love those things. I do on myself. I can't do my own stem cells because it requires like, you know, me doing like a liposuction on myself, which would be tricky. But, um, <laughs> but I do exosomes and I, I'll do microneedling or even injections with exosomes um, and mm -hmm. or PRP as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of companies now coming out with different um, topical microneedling products that are based, that are stem cell culture media based that I've been experimenting with. And that's something that uh, you probably do have access to some of those those skincare mm. products in Australia, I would expect. Okay. Um, I have, I love doing uh, derma rolling or microneedling at home. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've, I've done. I've done some videos on my Instagram uh, about that because it's super easy and anyone can do it. Uh, as long as you don't go too deep, you know, you basically can do the derma rolling where you're just rolling um, the little tiny needles over your face. I recommend not going deeper than about 0 0.25, 0 0.3 millimeters at home. Yeah. Um, you can go deeper, obviously, in the physician's office. But you could, that's a great way to get your, your topicals into your skin a little bit deeper. And it also induces uh, collagen to be made. So you're, you're continually making collagen and elastin and things like that. 
just by causing a little bit of, of, of injury to your skin when you're doing that. Um, mm. I love that. I just discovered a, a sort of a new uh, therapy. This, it's only, it's not, it's been here for a couple of years, but something called Alumera, which I just did a video about as well. But basically, it's, that, a, yeah. it's, a, a, it's a red light therapy uh, activated cream. And it's something mm. that you generally do in your doctor's office, but you put the cream on for like an hour, you wait, and then you wash it up, and then you do red light therapy. And the red light therapy activates the cream um, to, to, to work better. So it's kind of, almost like a chemical peel or something that you can do at home. Um, so, you know, I love experimenting. Like you should see my bathroom. Like (laughs) my husband is always like, why do you have so much like stuff? Like, what is all this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just want to experiment. But, um, (laughs) but for, you know, honestly, the basics though, like if you're doing nothing else, it's wear sunblock on your face and whatever else you would protect every day, you know, watch your sun exposure. Like that's the key thing watch what you're eating, you know, exercise. It's, you know, a lot of it's foundational stuff, mm. but if you want to start playing, there's tons of toys out there as well. Oh my gosh. And I even, um, the, the copper that you were talking about, um, the copper peptides, is it? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are they, yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't tried to locate those in Australia, but they, they seem fascinating as well. Yeah. So there's actually copper peptides are pretty common in your skincare products. Right. So that's something that if you look on your skincare labels uh, that, you know, uh, copper products are very, very common because they've been shown to be really effective at increasing skin rejuvenation. Um, but you can also, at least in the US, there are, you can also do injectable copper peptides where you actually do little injections into your skin, mm-hmm. which can have some different healing things for your body, but, uh, but, but also very common in, in topical skincare. So it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to get those. Um, I also am a big fan of retinols. I know that there's like some mixed opinions about that, but I think if you're looking to, you know, slow down aging, there's no better evidence uh, behind anything out there than, you know, using a retinol every night before you go to bed. So that's something else you can do. Yeah. Awesome. And so in terms of the injectable treatments that you do for the skin, um, and I know you you couple it with a lot of different other things. um, What's your opinion on things like Botox? And I know, um, and then I'll get into things that you, you believe that we shouldn't, we definitely shouldn't be doing or definitely shouldn't be putting on our skin that will cause us more harm. So if there is anything that you think, um, so what, what are your opinions on all of that? Yeah, you know, Botox, I, I think in general, it's pretty safe. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we, we've been using it now for um, what, almost 20 years or so, like it's something that's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's not much data that, that it's caused long term you know, chronic health problems. Mm-hmm. Certainly there's always the potential that there's going to be some kind of side effect, um, some kind of allergy, you know, some sort of problem. But generally with Botox, the only thing that happens is, is you have, you know, for some reason you had an injector that didn't know what they were doing, or maybe you touched your face the wrong way afterward. You can get like a droopy eyelid, you know, that lasts for a few weeks or a few months, uh, you know, some things like that. But usually they're very short lived unless you're getting extremely high doses, in which case it can be dangerous. Um, fillers, same thing. We, you know, hyaluronic acid fillers is something else that, that I do sometimes in patients um, where you're really trying to restore volume, you know, to mm-hmm. the cheeks or nasolabial fold or places like that. And they are, you know, I think can be really, really great in the hands of someone who knows how to use them. There mm. are some potential side effects, like you could cause blindness or you could cause, you know, skin uh, necrosis, uh, you know, some things like that that are pretty bad, uh, very uncommon, but possible. So you want to make sure that you have an injector who is, you know, is solid and knows what they're doing with those. Mm. Okay. So what are we trying to avoid? What are things that we definitely shouldn't be doing other than, you know, 
too much time in the sun is probably one of those. Anything that yeah. you think that are in products or that are on the market at the moment that are a definite, you know, stay away from. Yeah. Um, you know, first, yes, too much, too much skin is obviously a problem. I do believe in some skin. I, I'm sorry, some sun. I obviously think that you want to get some sun, you want to get your vitamin mm. D. It's, yeah. it's a problem if you don't get any sun actually. So, but, but as far as skin aging goes, that it's uh, it's, a, it's important that you protect that skin. Um, I, I usually go to uh, something like the EWG uh, website, the EWG.org, when yeah. I'm looking at beauty products, when I'm thinking about, you know, what else I want to put on my skin, they've got mm -hmm. a great database, you know, of the different products that are out there and kind of how bad they are for your skin or how bad they are for the environment um, or, you know, are they associated with the risk of cancer or things like that. So that's something that I, I highly recommend doing if, uh, if you're, you know, trying out a new beauty product and just want to know, is this actually safe for me? Just go to ewg.org and you can look it up. Every, like it's got, they've got tons of stuff. Um, you know, you also, other things you can avoid is washing with soap. You don't want to wash your face with actual soap. You want to make sure you have a pH balance cleanser for your face because your skin is a little bit acidic. And, and, and if you break that at acidity, then you can mess up all of the, the flora, the, the bacteria and such that are on your skin that you actually want to be there. You can destroy them and you can start having problems with rashes and dryness and, and um, you know redness and things like that. So avoid soap. Um, you actually want to, in general, avoid coconut oil on your face. A lot mm. of people... A lot of people love coconut oil. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the worst. You know, it's a great oil. I like it as well, but it can it can actually clog your pores more than a lot of the oils out there. So that's one another thing that um, that I talk to patients about a little bit. But you know, the other thing is is I would recommend investing, like I said, in a good retinol or retinoid or treatinoid, which is a prescription product uh, in the same family, and and making sure you're using that every night, and then a good sunblock every day. Mm, okay. You've simplified it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Um, so just staying on the, the skin first, anything that's new that's coming out that, that, that you've seen or that you're waiting for to come out or something that's exciting that you're like, ooh, can't wait for that to be um, discovered even? Yeah, there's, there's always new lasers coming out and those are a little overwhelming because you can't really know how good they are until you buy it and then you're stuck with a $100,000 laser, but obviously you're not, you're not going to be doing that, but it's a little tricky. Um, I, I do, I'm always excited to see what there is, but, and then I'm always excited by skincare. I think that the, we, we're getting better and better at developing products that are that get actually get absorbed into the skin deeper uh, versus just sitting on top of the skin, which is what most skincare products kind of do. And so the delivery mechanisms are improving. You know, I love this idea of like these light, like the light-based therapy that I just mm. tried um, and, you know, kind of pairing two different things together to make them work even better. I think that that's really exciting and something really cool. Um, but yeah, nothing that I can think of otherwise, but I'm always on the lookout. So if you hear of anything, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will, for sure. Um, so for two or three things that have made the biggest difference to your skin health or sexual health or sexual optimization, what would you say they are? Uh, even what you've seen in clients, not just personally. 
So for, for men, one thing we haven't talked about with sexual optimization is the shockwave therapy or low intensity mm. extracorporeal shockwave therapy. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, in the United States, there's a company called Gainswave that has a sort of a network of providers all around the country who do this, this therapy, mm-hmm. but it's, it's available in other countries as well. Um, but basically it's this non-invasive uh, treatment that you do in a doctor's office for, you know, it takes 20 minutes and you do maybe six of them over the course of several weeks. And it, it's a great way to improve blood flow and increase um, stem cell recruitment and, and such all non-invasively. So it's not painful. You just get this treatment done. And there's actually 40 something studies on shockwave therapy that have shown it's effective for erectile dysfunction um, just as a standalone. And then I combine that with my stem cells and PRP and hormones and, you know, and basically you're actually able to restore sexual function in a lot of, to a lot of guys who, who kind of had you know, given up on it. Um, so that's really, I think, really important for men. Um, and other things I love, I have a, uh, there's a device called a, and I don't have any affiliation with these guys. It's called the VFIT Plus. That is a red light therapy intravaginal device for wow. women. And wow. so basically it's a home device and you buy this device and uh, through, usually through your doctor, but if you can, you buy it and you just do it at home, um, you know, three times a week for maybe 10 minutes each. It's super comfortable. I, I say, I tell people it feels like a, like a hot stone massage for your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> like it's super relaxing and you just like, you just want to like lay and like put some calm music on and be like, ah, so it's really good. But that red light therapy, which we know is so good for skin and we know it's so good for hair, turns out it's also really good for vaginal tissue. So you can increase collagen production and blood flow and, and see things like improvements in tightness and lubrication and sensitivity and even stressier urinary incontinence just with doing this at home, wow. uh, which is a less, a less expensive, easier way to do that. And that's through uh, VFIT is the company that I know of. There's probably others out there. So that's a fun one um, for sexual devices as well. Yeah, yeah I love that's that really one. Cool. Cool. So with the shockwave therapy, just quickly, is that directly onto the penis or is it um, in the vicinity of? Ah. No, it's directly onto it. It's, it's kind of like a little gun shaped device and you just basically like run along the penis and you also go to the deeper, t- the deeper tissues, the cruise, which are the sort of the deep parts of the penis that we don't see. Mm. Uh, we treat that as well. Mm, fascinating. So just quickly again, it just prompted me to ask testosterone. What, what are, you know, is, is that a lot that you say in terms of any of the sexual dysfunction in males? Is it, is it generally quite low in terms of levels? And then how are you, are you boosting that with bioidentical hormones? Are you um, looking at other ways of getting that um, increased? Yeah, both. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we do both. So certainly checking testosterone is important. We know that men now have significantly lower testosterone than they did, you know, 50 years ago, just population wide. So the levels are lower, sperm counts are lower, you know, there's a lot of things that are, that are probably environmental lifestyle related, but we check levels. I'd like to start in, with most people, especially if they're younger guys with lifestyle intervention. So working mm-hmm. on, you know, are you exercising? Can we add some weight training? Are you getting enough branched chain amino acids? Are you getting enough vitamin D? You know, how's your stress? How's your sleep? Like all those kinds of things can make a big difference in testosterone. And so if we can work on those factors first, than we will. Um, in older men, though, those you know, even if those things are all all dialed in, the levels are still going to continue to drop with age. So mm. we will do a bioidentical testosterone, um, you know, either injections or creams or pellets or you know whatever, depending on what the patient is. We'll certainly do that. We also we also treat women with testosterone as well mm. if they need it because that's something else that we also lose as we get older and and we need that just as much as men do. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Oh, fascinating stuff. Now, before I let you go, Amy, I just wanted to ask you about peptides in general, in terms of um, body health and how you utilize those, because obviously we don't use them here in Australia. We can order them, obviously, and get them in for personal use, but we don't have a lot of access to them here. So it's fascinating for me. Um, so how do you use them in your clinic or even as a personal um, journey for you? But, you know, the main peptides that I've used in my clinic have to do with skin or hair mm -hmm. or sex, just because that's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm treating. Mm -hmm. So uh, like PT-141, which is a, a, actually was just approved in the U.S. under the brand name uh, Valisi for female sexual dysfunction. It's actually been used for both men and women for many years as a peptide. And it's an injectable and you inject it, you know, 30 minutes or an hour or so before, <clears throat> before sex. And then it, it actually works centrally on your brain. Uh, to improve libido and, and responsiveness and all kinds of things. So that's kind wow. of a fun one. Yeah. Um, there, there are some injectable, um, I'm sorry, some topical peptides for hair mm -hmm. that I like as well um, that are available without having to do injections. And those are you know just a daily cream, kind of an alternative to minoxidil or things like that for hair. Um, and, and then I also like some of the healing peptides like uh, like BPC-157, which is a very commonly mm. used one. Mm. Uh, you know, it helps with everything from healing burns to tendon problems to, you know, any kind of musculoskeletal pain or injury. Uh, it could potentially help heal a little bit faster. And that's going to be an injectable that you just do for a short period of time, a couple of weeks usually. And that was very commonly used. And if you look up peptides, it's probably, you know, at the top of the list on the ones that people use. And it's, it's known to be relative, you know, known to be safe and, and such as well. So those are some of the common ones that I've seen and used. Mm, interesting. Cool. Yeah. BPC um, 157, I've heard of a lot and I actually have a couple of clients who have, have had used that in the past and, and even for, you know, gut health, gut healing, you know, like you said, right. joint healing, all that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. definitely have heard of that one. All right. So before we finish up, I wanted to ask you a few things. And I know you love hiking and Utah is such an amazing place and I can't wait to actually get there and start doing a bit of hiking. But <laughs> on a daily basis, how do you keep yourself healthy? How do you health optimise yourself and how do you keep going in your busy, busy job that you do um, and um, your life? <laughs> yeah, you know, I do love hiking. So like right now in yeah. the summer, I live in Utah and it's like I, there's, you know, there's endless hiking. Oh, um, I try to do weight training, you know, probably four or five days a week. Right now I'm just doing it at home because everything is closed down, but I do weight yeah. training. Um, and then I try to do, I like to do more like functional exercise for my cardio stuff. So I'll usually, I'll go on a hike. I'll, I've gotten into mountain biking recently, which I wish you could see my legs. They are so ugly. I have all these huge bruises and like, it, they're like all cut up and it's disgusting. But, um, but I really do like, like mountain biking has been fun. My kids have gotten into that. So we do that a lot. Um, and, you know, even just walking, I'm a big fan of walking. If I, whenever I want to sort of clear my mind or almost like have a meditation, I will just go on a long walk uh, because I feel like that's to me is like a walking meditation. Um, and then, you know, the diet I think is really important. I'm always, I kind of struggle with my diet. I am not always consistent, but I, uh, I am currently doing pretty good about trying to avoid, you know, a lot of processed foods and sugars and, and things like that and just kind of stay on on track with that but uh it's tricky and i'm not perfect on that one for sure. <laughs> i think everyone struggles with it to some degree <laughs> yeah yeah it is but uh you know it's I, I i've actually enjoyed i've had a lot of extra time recently because i haven't had as many patients because my patients mm. can't travel in to see me and so i've actually had a lot of time to like i've been sleeping like nine hours a night and i feel wow. amazing when i wake wow. up in the morning you know like things like that that you know you think that uh wouldn't make a huge difference but it really does <laughs> Yeah, when you're not working late at 
night and actually, you know, getting the quality sleep and actually not being so, so super busy and run off your feet all day can actually be a, yeah. a bit of a reset for you. That's right. It's, yeah. it's been, I, mean, I don't want to last forever. Like let's, I'm ready to travel soon, but, um, <laughs> me too. but it has, it has been pretty good for me and my family to be able to slow down a little bit recently. Yeah, oh, it's, I think a lot of people have had that realization from the, from this whole um, thing that's been going on, and I think everyone's actually realized that it's a good thing to slow down and reconsider what we're doing in our lives. So yeah, I think yeah. there's good things that have come out of it for sure. Yep, I think so. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I'll leave it there. We've covered a lot, and in a, a short space of time, which is absolutely fantastic. So I really appreciate your time and your knowledge and what you're doing. And I hope to catch up with you again somewhere in the world, somewhere soon, in person yes. when we are allowed to travel again. Um, so yeah, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and and I, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm pretty active on Instagram, Dr. Amy B. Killen, um, or Amy Killen, MD, no, Dr. Amy Killen. I always forget my own website, which is horrible, is my website. But um, yeah. those are also ways to reach me if you want to get a hold of me. Yeah, and you do. You do amazing videos and you're super, you're super funny. I'm always having a laugh at all your videos <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> and a, lot of, a lot of really cool information as well. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm always seeing that pop up. I didn't mention that because it's just on my feed constantly. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Keep doing amazing work and we'll see you soon. Bye. Okay, thanks. <laughs>